Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Deep Discussions Live and Learn podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of Deep Discussion and its mission to inspire a better tomorrow. I'm so... So thankful for your continued support. It is an honor and a privilege to be gifted with this opportunity and the many gifts that God has given me to inspire those around me and to um, be a voice of reason, of understanding, and um, just some kind of light to anyone that may be experiencing difficult and challenging times in their life. So today, I am uh, privileged to have the presence of a dear friend of mine who's a licensed clinical professional counselor and approved supervisor with the state of Maryland. She's a graduate of Bowie State University with her master's in in counseling psychology. And she's also a graduate of Boston College with her bachelor's in psychology as well. She specializes in substance use, racial identity, and women's issues. And again, she's a very dear friend of mine who decided to grace uh, deep discussions with her presence. I welcome you, Ramey Harvell. Hello, Ramey. How are you today? I'm lovely, Walter. Thank you so much for having me. And it is an honor to be invited to the podcast. So thank you for having me. Well, I look forward to our discussion and you sharing some uh, key insight about today's uh, discussion. Awesome. Um, So before we go into today's discussion, which is entitled Breaking Bad Habits and Erasing Addictions, I like to start off every episode, as you know, with a poem that I wrote. And this one is entitled Constricted. Laying at its mercy and life's expense, clinging to all contained in its existence. The struggle is real as well as the pain. The quick sensation, no long-term gain. What happens now is all that you deem. Later, it's no longer all that it seems. Conditioned to think it's your soul lifeline, ignoring your body's whole design. Resisting the urge, still craving its appeal. Becoming second nature, you can't even feel. Its substance does thinking on your behalf. Your mind is numb at material's wrath. How much of you will it have to consume for you to recover and leave the room? Mm -hmm. Don't let it be the way you depart. Regain control. Here's where it starts. Bad habits are a crutch that cripples more than curry. Relying on its aid makes you as mercenary. Mm. So again, today's title is Breaking Bad Habits and Erasing Addictions. And I was inspired to talk to you about this. Um, 
I've come up with these topics and at such random moments. So I can't remember the exact moment that I, <laughs> that I decided to uh, have this discussion. But what I will share is recently my wife and I had uh, went to Philly um, for um, her grandmother's funeral. And on the way back home, we drove down Kissington Avenue. Yikes. And I'm not, sh- and I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with that, but it was it was a bit traumatic for me to drive down that street to see mm. to see the things that I saw. And it was just really like I was sitting in bed, laying in bed that night and my wife was like, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, I'm just still kind of traumatized by what we saw. So with that being a recent event and it's pretty much relevant to what we're discussing today. Um, I, I Again, I can't remember what inspired me to talk about this. You know, God put something on my heart. So somebody out there needs to hear this message. So mm-hmm. um, first, we're going to start by learning more about you, Ramey. Tell us more about yourself, including where you're from. Uh, what inspired you to go into this profession? And one unique thing about yourself. Okay, so you can't hear it in my voice. Um, I get told that all the time. But where I'm from, I'm from New York. BX, stand up. Bronx all day. Um, but... <laughs> Um, I'm from New York City, and um, I originally, um, that's actually originally what got me into the field. Um, so just growing up in New York City and seeing so many things, yeah, I can <laughs> so <imagine>. much. <laughs> um, I think when I went to college, I went to undergrad, uh, my initial plan was to be an OBGYN. Um, and I took, a, I took a class called Women, Crime, and the Law, and I had an internship um, in New York City, um, working at a law firm. And we looked at how um, the difference between like how women were sentenced um, uh, as opposed to men. Um, and I know there's also a racial aspect there, but they were very specifically a gender. Um, and a lot of the women, um, substance abuse problems, domestic violence, um, you know, single mothers, things like that. And like, that's what kind of got them into the legal system. And that just really pushed me to be like, Hey, wait a minute, maybe obstetrics is not really where my heart lies. Like this is my passion, like the mental health field, um, the sociological aspect of just what makes people tick. And so that's what kind of set me on this path. Um, I moved to Maryland after college um, for, uh, cause I wanted to go to grad school and then decided when I got here, I didn't want to go to grad school for a while. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I went to Bowie um, a couple of years later and have, they have a phenomenal mental health um, series of master's programs uh, and just absolutely fell in love with the field. Um, interestingly enough, substance abuse was the one um, track I did. I was not interested in. Um, I don't know how much people know about Maryland that are watching. Maryland has a huge opioid problem, as do most coastal towns. I think Maryland gets a bad rap, particularly Baltimore, um, where they talk about, oh, you know, the, the what is it, the North Avenue lean and all of that. Um, anywhere along the coast where you have ports, um, you're going to see substance, um, higher sort of rates of substance abuse. But I mean, America in general has an opioid problem. Um, it's yeah. not confined to major cities. It's not confined to a color, creed, or anything. But um, I grew up with an older sister who 
um, had a pr- pretty significant substance abuse problem um, for most of my childhood. And so that it hit a little too close to home. And so it was like, that was the one field I didn't want to go into. And I actually fell into a job shortly after getting married um, in substance abuse. And my job at the time was an hour and about 20 minutes away. And I was like, I can't keep making this drive. The job with substance abuse was maybe 15 minutes away. I've been Bel Air. And I said, okay, you know, I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna give it a go. Fell in love. I was like, what was I thinking? These are my people. Um, because I think there's something to be said for understanding the connection between pain and wanting to manage it, wanting to deal with it. And that's physical pain, mental pain, spiritual pain. We are simply not equipped we're not taught um pain relief skills outside of like the industrial complex of you know big pharma you know you throw a pill at it oh you have a headache take a take a tylenol right you know um you hurt your back um you know i I, i'm sure people can see right now i have a brace on right now Um, i'm seeing a chiropractor um and very specifically avoiding pain medication because i don't want to wind up in that type of cycle um and it actually helps better. Um, you know, but we're not taught those things. We're, we're give, we're really pushed, um, into pills. And a lot of our opioid crisis is because of medication, you know, and like fentanyl's become the big thing. Fentanyl's not new. You can find it in any emergency room, honey. It's not, it's literally been around for eons. Um, you know, but anything is great when it's used appropriately, when it's not, it becomes a problem. And now we have a whole, you know, globe worth of, people and things that are using it inappropriately and now here we are and so I think it's really important to address that and provide people appropriate outlets to manage their pain across the board physical mental spiritual Um, and so that's kind of where I come in when it comes to the mental health Um, that's what I do on a daily basis it's what I love Um, a unique fact about me um, I live in Maryland I am super allergic to shellfish Um, and (laughs) I tend to choose places and things that throw me right into the fire. So, you know, this is the home of the blue crab. I think that's what it's called. (laughs) And y'all eat it all the time. Does nothing like, you know liquid balls of death my (laughs) (laughs) my um my bachelorette party i went to new orleans they're like they put shellfish shrimp crawfish all the things in everything and if they don't put it in there then they also add pork which i also don't eat i'm like a glutton for punishment when it comes to food but hey you know (laughs) he'd just be trying to set you up to fail huh (laughs) i do it to myself so yeah Well, I mean, you got the right profession. At least you know how to handle it. So yeah, I yes, guess can... yes. I know that it is my own self-torture <laughs> there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, you know, for that bit of information. And um, you know, I know you quite well. So I you're a very uh very unique and um and interesting individual. So Thanks. for people to to hear all of that, like for you to even share all of that information just now, just kind of like woke me up and made me say, whoa, (laughs) because those are things that people don't think about. Like the whole thing about, you know, how people are kind of like pushed to, you know, do pills and do medication because you and I both know as well as anybody, everything is about a dollar bill these days. Hello. Instead of, you know, going through, going through dealing with your pain, you know, the, the natural way, you know, just, Mm -hmm. Oh, give me, I'll give you some money. So I don't have to go through all of that. So, 
that was I really mean, you actually uh, you actually hit the nail on the head because I think about even my own journey right now to get my back um taken care of like to go to a PCP and get pain meds that's covered by my insurance mm-hmm. what isn't covered is chiropractic care now thankfully oh. I'm financially in a place where I can get it done right. and it's not hurting me but a lot of people can't but if your insurance covers going to pain management where you're paying a $5 copay as opposed to say $90 for a chiropractor that you have to see two times a week. Yeah. I'm going to go. Most people are going to say, well, I'm going to go to pain management then, yeah. you know, but what they're not telling you is now pain management becomes something that's lifelong, mm-hmm. you know, and my chiropractor is, you know, the plan is to have me done with treatment within the next three months, you know? So it, it, it we really are set up, you know, yeah. and it's about that dollar. Yep. And seeing people on and see people on aware of that information that you sh- just shared, such as myself, I had no idea that uh, physical therapy and, you know, all of that stuff isn't even uh, covered under a lot of health insurance plans. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we're going to uh, segue now to uh, the next question I wanted to ask you. Um, as many of you know, I'm a life skills and empowerment coach. And one of the things that I do is I try to inspire and motivate others. Um, you know, one of the things I try to do is assist them in avoiding, in avoiding unhealthy habits and, you know, mm-hmm. breaking bad ones and establishing healthy, you know, positive behaviors. So if I'm, say I'm meeting with someone and mm-hmm. something, you know, something doesn't seem right about them, like what are some red flags that I should notice about someone? Because obviously I'm just a life coach. I can only, my skills and my abilities can only go but so far. Sure. But if I know someone and I say, yeah, I think this might be someone that needs to, you know, see mm-hmm. Ramey. You know, what kind of red flags or what things should I be aware of when meeting with them? Well, I would say any noticeable, like significant changes. Um, so if you see someone, you know, and they present one way for three sessions they may have with you. Let's say, a, you know, a, a life coaching package because I have a friend who does coaching as well and she typically does them in packages. So like, let's say three sessions in, their behavior drastically changes or they present with a bizarre appearance. It's the summer. They come in in a coat, you know? Um, now, if it's a teenager, they could just yeah, be wearing a I was gonna say. Shirt. But, um, you know, but if it's like, like today was what, 90 degrees. And if they came in wearing a coat, um, that's bizarre because that's abnormal. That's not like, that's not an appropriate, um, that's not an appropriate dress for the weather right. um, or the season. If someone comes in and, they have, you know, it's the summer and they have on long, you know, long sleeves or long pants um, or it's the winter. They have on, you know, shorts and a T-shirt and it's cold outside. Like those sorts of things um, are things to kind of assess, you know, maybe something's not something's off here. Um, also, um, noticeable changes in just how they present. So if you have someone that's normally very boisterous and very open to talking with you and they come in and their demeanor is markedly different. So now they're, they're very closed off. Their affect is flat. They, you know, those sorts of things, those may be something to begin a collaboration because I'm a whole, I'm a, I'm wholeheartedly believe in like treating people like holistically Mm -hmm. and, I know that this catches some flat because some, you know, therapists and social workers are like, you know, coaching's different and that's not what we do and that's not okay. And, or this is, you know, um, psychiatry, like we're, you treat people from all aspects of it. So like, right. to me, that would say, okay, so, you know, what? I suggest you get it. Let's get you evaluated. 
You know, maybe let's get you to a psychologist to get you evaluated. Let me get you to a therapist so that we can work on some of the things. They can work on some things that I can't work on because that's not my skill set. Because there are life, like present day, everyday activities of daily living stuff that you do that I can't do. That's just not in my wheelhouse where you're saying, okay, let's really build those positive everyday life skills that are going to get you. That's not, that's not what I do. And so it would say to begin that collaboration and say, okay, this is something different. Oh, but there's a trauma that's happening. I want you to treat that trauma. We're still going to work on those, those daily living skills and stuff to get you. That's what, you know, what brought you in, but, oh, there's some stuff behind it that I can't touch. You collaborate. You say, let's get you evaluated. Let's get someone else on the team so that we can all be working together to move forward. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And see, and like to kind of piggyback off what you said about like all of the therapists and what they're saying about coaching. That's one of the skills that you have to have as a coach is knowing what your limits are and what you can and can't do. You know, the more and more I study about coaching, you know, a lot of the times that's why people get coaching and therapists. Like they always try to mix the two or think the two are the same and it's not, you know, I do things more from a, you know, I like to, when I have sessions, I like to let the client kind of control the session. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I may ask questions and may offer suggestions, but you know, when it comes to like therapy and things of that nature, it's a little bit more deeper, you know, my, my presence is more surface level. So, Mm -hmm. so, and that's, that's a skill that you have to have as a life coach is being willing to or understanding and knowing, look, my limits or my boundaries are only but so far and building those connections with people who, if you have a client that needs to go further, you can refer them to them or send them that mm-hmm. way. So I appreciate and I that. Think, and the flip side of that, of course, is like as a therapist, being recognizing the limits of your and saying, you know what, this is beyond my wheelhouse. I'm going to get <laughs> you to that person that can give you that that day to day like I'm talking, I may be talking about your past and how your past in, you know, informs your present, but I'm not necessarily going to do, you know, those, those day-to-day getting your hands dirty skills that you're giving them to like progress their life forward. It's just, but it, they work in tandem together yeah. um, to make a person a, a complete individual. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, what may happen sometimes is I'll be coaching someone and I'm like trying to help them progress or help them advance, you know, develop their life skills or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you may just say they're, ha- they're having a hard time figuring out something or finding something. And it could be because of an early experience or something. Yes. And if that's, you know, discovered or recognized, I could say, all right, then maybe I need to, you know, send you to a therapist to have a talk with you. And, you yeah. know, or someone could just think automatically, oh, I need to go seek therapy. But sometimes it may not be, it may not be that. Like you said, it may just be, Oh, you know, they just need someone that they can have a conversation with, talk about surface level stuff, you know, kind of like inspire them and motivate them. So absolutely, like you said, it works both ways. And that's why it's important to have these relationships between coaches and therapists who understands, you know, each other's wheelhouse. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. So the next question that I wanted to ask you, um, so we, (laughs) I put this together a long time ago, but so it's not as recent, but um, I was in a um, black mental health, um, mental health awareness um, speaker series back in May, going like late May. And, I remember. I remember you telling us about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so when I participated in that series, it was a very rewarding opportunity and experience. You know, any opportunity that I get to encourage and inspire people to be, 
you know, to be open minded and to just be aware of things, because the problem that we run into, especially in the black community, is when we say we have a problem, we feel like, you know, that pushes us two steps back because mm-hmm. you and I both know it's always a battle just to stay ahead and Hello. it's even tougher to get ahead. So mm-hmm. as soon as you recognize that you have a problem, it feels like you're pushing yourself back. Right. So being a part of that series, it was important. And um, I highlighted what I called the score of mental health, where I highlighted the different life skills that is essential to um, to recognizing and tackling mental health um, awareness issues that people may have. So from your perspective, can you share some insight or recommendations with people in the Black community who may find themselves struggling with mental health? Um, I think it's so... First and foremost, I think this is beautiful. Um, And the series that you participate in, also beautiful. Um, Because there's so much stigma in our community about mental health treatment and needing mental health. The number of clients I've had that are like, well, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want people thinking I'm crazy. That's a pejorative word. Like, we're not, we're not doing that. Like, there's no shame in you know, having a mental illness, experiencing a mental health episode, like it's a part of the human experience. Um, I had, had a client just recently asked me, they were like, I just don't want to like, is that going to make me not broken? And I was like, when did you break? Honey, what do do you need to see a doctor? Like an orthopedist is something broken because mentally that like, we don't, I don't use those words, you know? And so I think it's important to um, really break down that stigma. And I'm loving the conversations that we're having as a people now, just um, you know, whether it's jet, the, you know, older millennials, the Gen Zers or generation alpha, even now, like really placing an important importance on mental health. So some of the resources that I would say, um, uh, black therapist rock, um, a oh. phenomenal one. Um, so that's going to get you if you're a black person to a black therapist, um, very specifically, um, black African American, someone across the diaspora that identifies with you and they're, they're nationwide. Um, so if you're in California, you can find a black therapist in California, you know, um, I think I've even seen some that are in um, like the Caribbean, um, and what have you. So, um, it's a, it's a really great network that I'm also a part of. And, you know, what's really nice is that it's, they resource, they network with one another. So I've even had, um, I had someone from New York reach out for help and I'm not licensed in the state of New York, so I couldn't help them. But I immediately went to the director like, hey, does anybody, is anybody taking any clients right now in this area? I think within an hour, I had like seven people contact me. I have space, tell them to call me. This is my information, pass it on. You know, so Black Therapists Rock, a phenomenal one. Um, Another one is uh, specifically for Black women, Therapy for Black Girls. Um, that's another directory of resources here in um, oh, NAMI the, um, is another great resource here in um, Maryland, the state of Maryland. Every single county um, has a crisis hotline that you can ca- that you can contact um, and they will get you immediate help. If you're in an acute crisis, they can also point you in the right direction for local mental health agencies. I'm going to shout out a friend of mine who has a phenomenal virtual practice here in the state of Maryland, Methods Therapy, with um, and it's um, founded by Dr. Shade Dunn. Um, she's an absolutely phenomenal cl- clinician um, and professor at Bowie State. Um, she does some great work, has some phenomenal cl- clinicians, um, and they cover it. They run the gamut. They're virtual practice. So what's really nice is like all you have to do is be located in the state of Maryland or D.C. because they're licensed in both places and they can see. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, and I mean, just a really, really wonderful practice. So if someone is looking, Methods Therapy, that's a local one. Um, another great one is Precision Mental Health. Um, that's located um, up in Baltimore. Dr. Dunn is, um, if you needed a physical location, is located down in Prince George's County. Um, but two great practices, Precision Mental Health, and they have some great clinicians there as well. Um, and what's really, really nice is you don't have to look like us. Um, Cause here's the thing, while I'm, I'm a black woman and I practice um, in a way that is very respective of my identities, I think it's also important to recognize that like mental health doesn't discriminate, you know what I mean? And so having, having um, an openness and a willingness to be culturally competent and, and be willing and open to learning about others. Um, you know, some of my favorite, actually one of my favorite clients um a very uh, an older um conservative republican uh man who we did some excellent work because it's not about who it's like hey what can i help you with today what are you struggling with like diagnoses and things like that they have value for insurance companies um but at the end of the day I could find you six people with depression and it would manifest differently in their lives. So like, let's talk about you and your issues and how we can make moves today. And so I find that like those two practices, um, methods and precision have clinicians that understand that where they're like, Hey, we just, we want to meet you where you're at. I'm going to walk with you. So those are local. Um, but again, like I said, black therapists rock therapy for black girls. Um, NAMI is also a good one. And honestly, good old fashioned psychology to get, psychology today um has i mean if you're licensed you more than likely have a profile on there and you can um filter it uh for your needs if you're like hey i need someone who's specialized in lgbtqia issues they will 
They will pull up clinicians that do that. Hey, I need a bilingual therapist. They will pull that up. So it's, um, you know, if you're looking for like the biggest database, that would be the place to start. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, great advice. And um, I thank you for that, because in a time like now, there's so many different personalities and so many mm-hmm. different, you know, you know, so many so much diversity in our in our mm-hmm. community, in our country that, you know, having those resources available to people because it's really hard to it's already it's already a hard step to first acknowledge that you need help. Absolutely. So, so for that help to be available is crucial because, you know, getting past that first step is the toughest step. But then once you get past that step and get there, they need to make sure that they have the necessary resources for that. So I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last question I'm going to ask you before we uh, segue into the next segment. Um, so we all know, and I think that this is really like the meat and potatoes of the discussion. Um, as So we all know bad behaviors can develop into addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some examples of, or you can give me one example if you want of this dynamic that you've seen in your field and how do you engage in clients that exhibit that, you know, that has a bad, bad behavior, they do something and it, you know, it may not seem too bad. Maybe, you know, like maybe they bite their nails or something like that or Mm -hmm. something that, you know, that low level, then the next thing, you know, it becomes something else. Mm -hmm. And like, do you see things like that? And if so, can you give us an example? Oh, all the time. All the time. I think that, you know, it's easy to pin when people think addiction, they think of substance abuse, of course. So you're like drugs, you know, and most people like to brush down past it. But, you know, of course, alcohol. Um, But literally anything can become an addiction um, across the board. Anything. Um, There are I think it's 207 different versions of Alcoholics Anonymous. So alcohol, well, you know, they'll just change the, the actual addiction, but it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, love, love addicts anonymous, like things like that. Like there are 207 different versions of it. So you can become addicted to anything. Um, I would say I'm going to use actually a very innocuous one, exercise. I'll use one that's considered pretty positive. So you'll see people who, you know, start out in the gym or they start out with something small. Um, You know, I might go to the gym once a week or I might work out at home once or twice a week. Um, And as people start to see changes or they start to grow, you know, muscles and things like that, um, then they're in the gym seven days a week. That can, you know, um, progress, of course, into multiple times a day. Um, And then you look up. And this person now has body dysmorphia because the image that they're trying to obtain when that they were trying to obtain at the beginning, you know, like when they first started their workout journey, they'll never quite get to that. They may be in phenomenal shape. They may look great. Now they're, you know, they're, they're not eating properly. They're not feeling, oh, well, I want to, I want to get skinnier. So, you know, I, I think the word is, I I'm going to probably say it incorrectly. Orthorexia, um, I think is the term for I think it's it. Anorexia. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not talking about the eating disorder. I think it's uh, orthorexia is the, uh, I believe the exercise one. Oh, um, exercise. Okay. But, gotcha. Um, gotcha. But, okay. Yeah. You'll, but you'll see, of course, you'll see, of course, anorexia, bulimia, things that develop because they develop body dysmorphia. Who they see when they look in the mirror is not actually who they're seeing. They're seeing this mm-hmm. idealized version of self that they can never quite achieve. So they're going to keep working out harder. They're going to, they're going to eat less. They're going to eat, you know, they're taking all these 
supplements and things like that that are not healthy. They're not because they become obsessed with the idea of what they want to see, you know, and it what started out as something small, a healthy habit now becomes something that has become an addiction and it's now become a negative addiction, you know? So it's not always just, oh, I, I started out, you know, partying and then all of a sudden now, you know, I'm now I'm a hardcore drug addict. You can literally be and anybody. I mean, we they they make literal TV shows about it. What's the uh, my six hundred pound life? Everybody's got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but honestly, everybody's got to eat, right? So yeah. like, we all yeah. we all have a meal, and you look up, and there are people who are literally eating themselves to death. So that's a good one. There, I don't think anybody would have thought of exercising. Like, and here I said, you know, what's a bad habit that turned into an addiction? You picked one that people you know, try to encourage people to do, but yeah. exercise, it can definitely become a bad habit. I've seen it. I had a friend of mine um, that used to like go running. I think she went either every, either every two days or something like she used to run a lot, put it to you that way. And it got to a point where she injured herself mm-hmm. and she, you know, she would get, she would like vent to me and be frustrated about it because because what she tried to do is she tried to run a lot because she knows she likes to eat a lot. So mm-hmm. she tries to balance it out. She say, you know, I don't want to have to cut back eating certain things. So I run a lot, but then she got hit with this injury. So it's like your mind convinces you yep. to live or do things one way, but then your body's like, nah, that's, that's not the way you're supposed to be doing it. There's mm-hmm. got to be a balance somewhere between the two. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was actually a great example. I wasn't even I wasn't even ready for that, but I'm glad you said <laughs> that. <laughs> so um as we close out the um interview segment, I'll uh, give my two cents on this discussion. Um bad habits turns to addictions when they become dependence and lifelines. Mm-hmm. If you are unable to thrive without practicing a bad habit, you leave yourself vulnerable with failure while failure remains inevitable. Break your bad habits before you become a source of dependency and or addiction. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to segue over to my spiritual relief segment. And this way I usually share a Bible verse and give my thoughts on it. Um, if you want to, if you want to give your thoughts on it, you can, you, you, you're not obligated to do so. Um, but, you know, this, again, this platform was given to me by God. So my way of giving back and at least recognizing him is to include him in my shows. So that's right. So, um, so today's spiritual relief segment comes from first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And it read, and it reads, you have never been tempted to sin in any different way than other people. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can take. But when you are tempted, he will make a way for you to keep from falling into sin. So my thoughts on this verse uh, is the first one is made in God's image. We're never made to, to be broken or to break. He created us with the vision that we will trust in him and count on his guidance when we're troubled. And that one really spoke to me because I've been dealing with, you know, a lot of stressful situations between, you know, my job and adjusting to becoming a parent and all of that stuff. So a lot of the times, you know, you find yourself saying, oh, I just need a break. I just need to get away. I need to forget about things. But, you know, what do you what do you do to forget about things? Like every time I tell my wife I'm stressed out or worried about stuff, she'll say, talk to God, have a conversation mm-hmm. with God. 
you know, make sure God knows that he knows your troubles and he hears it from you because God knows everything that's going on with us. But if we don't, if we don't meet with him to talk to him about it, then he's going to think that we're treating it as if we don't need him and we can rely on things around us instead of him. So mm -hmm. that's what that, that's one of the things that that verse said to me. And the last thing is when faced with bad habits and addictions, it comes from lack of faith in God's ability to heal and lead you through troubled pastures. And again, that pretty much speaks to the same thing that I said. It's important that we show our faith in God because we're all bound to deal with a tough time. You know, something is going to come up that stresses us out. And that's God's way of testing us saying, do you still trust me? And mm -hmm. it's your job to say, yes, I do. And show him that you do trust him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have anything you want to share. If not, we can transition to my last segment called In My Opinion. Well, I will say I do. So I'm not a Christian based counselor. I, I will. I, I'll be very honest about that. Um, however, I do, okay. myself, I do consider myself a Christian. And with that being said, I think that um, because I'm not a Christian based counselor, um, what I do is I try to be respectful of everybody's faith um, because everybody believes in something. Even if you're an atheist, what you believe is that there's nothing out there. So like that, that is your belief, that's your system, that's what works. And so I think that you're absolutely right in that like leaning on faith to whatever, whomever you pray to, in my case, that is God, in your case, that is God, I think allows you to do the work. You know, um, I love what you said about having a talk with him. It reminds me of one of my favorite like old old school hymns, have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about your troubles. Um, and that was something my nanny used to say, because it's so important to verbalize and name something. And whether you tell it to God, whether you tell it to your therapist, whether you tell it to your life coach, verbalizing it, vocalizing it allows it to become a thing. And when you make something a thing, you can do something with it. You can do something mm -hmm. with that thing, to that thing. And you know, so often people think that Christianity, faith, any faith system is like opposed to counseling, to coaching and things like that. And it's not. It's I want to include what what is your faith background? How is that important in your life? What role does it play? Oh, that's what, how you see guidance. OK, then we're going to incorporate that into your counseling per, um, perspective. God created all of it. Therapy, coaching, yep. you know, faith, like that God is in all of that. So we don't have to work against each other. If God is pushing you and leading you to say that you need to get some more help and you need to go see a therapist, you need to go see a coach, then do that. And do that with somebody who's going to be affirming of who you are, what you believe in and how you move about this world. So that is what God is, that's what God has led them to do and is leading them to do for you in your life. So I, I love what you said, like have that talk, verbalize it so that you can then do something about it. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that about like, you know, the coaches, the therapists and everyone is somebody that God assigned us. God, you know, Absolutely. made available to you. So recognizing that you need help or, you know, seeking mm -hmm. help is a sign that there is someone or something that's, you know, beyond what you can handle. And sometimes Absolutely. that's what we need to be reminded that, you know, there's things greater than ourselves that, you know, we need to use you know that god gave us to help mm -hmm. us so mm -hmm. i think that that was a really good point that you shared there i appreciate that so now the last segment 
is entitled, in my opinion, I finally came up with a name for this segment. If you don't like okay. it, oh, well, nobody ever gave me gave me an opinion or gave me a, a suggestion on it. So this one is um is a top five list of something that is related to what we discussed. And what I chose today was worst habits to practice, which can become <laughs> addictions, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Remember, remember that part, in my opinion. I don't know how I many like watch first take when Stephen A. Smith say fluid is fluid. For me, it's in my opinion. I like <laughs> this. Okay. So I, and just a quick note, I stayed clear of the serious ones like smoking and drinking. So Fair. I didn't use those. Um, and again, Raymond, you can either share your own list of addictions or give your thoughts on the list that I provide. Okay. So the top five that I provided were lying, mm. <laughs> cheating, mm-hmm. unhealthy eating, mm-hmm. always saying yes, which Ooh. I'm guilty of. Well, I used to be guilty of <laughs> and idleness. So those are the five. Was that, that last I, one? Idleness. So basically, oh. sitting still, not doing anything. Idleness. Yes, yes. So that's the top five that I picked. If you have your own five, or you want to comment on my list, feel free. Man, you preach the sermon. You preach the sermon <laughs> with them five. Okay. Like <laughs> the only thing I might add is it. Like I would say idleness slash procrastination. Yeah. Um, because I feel okay. like people understand that for understand it from that for they're like, oh, yes. like yes. I'm not idle. And then we say, Do you procrastinate? They're like Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really want to touch really quickly on that one about always saying yes, because oh yeah. my goodness. I wish people realized how much people pleasing we do on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I mean as black people, you know, co- things like code switching and stuff, that's people pleasing. That's saying yes mm-hmm. to like, hey, I understand that like maybe my presentation's not palatable for you, so I'm going to change it, you know? Yeah. And, and in your mind, you may not necessarily think of that as saying yes, but you are saying yes. You're saying yes to like that standard and saying, I'm mm-hmm. going to change myself. For the and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I've never done it. Obviously I have. I've worked in spaces, you know, non-majority spaces. Um, But, you know, I think, People pleasing is the fastest ways to self dissatisfaction in the long run because if you're always saying yes, you don't have boundaries. Yeah. You never have a chance to develop a sense of self because you're so busy trying to take care of everybody else around you. You know, and the number of anxiety cases I see that come from people pleasing and just always saying yes. I mean. It, it's like chicken or the egg, which kind of comes first. Um, <laughs> right. And so I I, I really um, wish that people would get more comfortable with just saying no and being like, you know what? It... And then on the flip side of that, people getting okay with accepting if somebody says no. Exactly. exactly. You have to be okay with that. Yeah, exactly. And seeing nothing. And for the always saying yes thing. And again, I've gotten better with this. The problem with the always saying yes thing is people are non-confrontational, but things don't have have to be a confrontation. The answer is no. And leave that that. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to argue your point or prove your point. If your answer is no, then leave it at that. You don't have a full and complete sentence. So, yeah, exactly. So, and that's what I had to learn. You know, I still have my moments here and there. Sure. But yeah, because my wife gets on me all the time for she was like you're non-confrontational and you know sometimes she's just like i wish you would just like 
you know, let people know, look, I don't like this. But, you know, it's just trying to avoid confrontation. I think that that's almost people's way of trying to, you know, pretty it up when they say, no, I'm not always saying yes. I just don't want to argue. I just don't want to create conflict. Right. But you don't have to create conflict. Just say no and then walk away. And walk away. I wish people understood that part. My like the example I always use with clients is like if somebody asks you for a favor, right, and you really don't want to do it. And they say, but I don't want to make them feel bad. So I go ahead and do it. I said, well, why are their feelings more important than yours? Exactly. Mm. You know, and I'm like, it's the, the thing about a favor is that it's an ask. And if I ask you a question and a question is it's a yes, what's the other half of that sentence or no question. So if I, you're right, I could say, you know, I could say yes, but I could also say no. And you have to prepare yourself for both of those. And there's no argument. Can you lend me a million dollars? No. Why? (laughs) No, like whether I got it or not, it's my million dollars. I mean, the answer for me, because I ain't got it, but you know, like, in theory, you should always be prepared if you're asking something of someone for them to, to say no. And I think that is just one thing we're not taught. We're we're socialized um, to say yes to people. We're socialized like, oh, no, you just someone asks you, you do it. You know, if you if you can and if you don't, then you're somehow selfish. No, no. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you don't, exactly. you can't give what you don't have. Yep, exactly. And that, that doesn't just mean things like tangible things. It could be time. It could be energy, you know, essence, all of those things. Sometimes you need to shut it down and say no. Yep. And that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I'm so thankful and grateful for your time uh, on uh, the Live and Learn podcast today. I'm sure those who listened and tuned in got a wealth of knowledge, um, you know, and if people want to connect with you and learn more about you, how can they get in touch with you? So my, you, I shouldn't say, you can always email me. Um, it's Miss, M-I-S-S, Rainey, R-A-I-M-I-N, as in Nancy Ross, R-O-S-S, at Gmail. I do practice under my maiden name. Um, and so that's always the easiest way to get me um and the website is in progress right now so not going to give you a broken url but i will happily put one in the show notes um when it's up and running um and yeah i just always you know i think always a resource always here Uh, mental health um is my passion mental wellness um particularly for people that look like us um and that does not just mean black people that means people our age group across the board um you know women in my case just you know marylanders just people that are ready to do the work so absolutely well thank you so much for your time today and thank you for having me thank you uh for tuning in to deep discussions live and learn podcast um You can check me out on deepdiscussion.org. If you'd like to be a guest, you can email me or contact me. My email address is beinspired at deepdiscussion.org, or you can uh, contact me via phone, 443-916-5009. And I'm also on all of the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on Twitter as much, but I'm on there. Um, It's X now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. X. That's right. I'm annoyed by that, but whatever. It should be. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you like to get connected, if you like to 
um, sharing the inspiration, um, contact me. I, I love inspiring people, but I also love partnering with people to inspire others. The more voices, the better. And I also, as you know, poetry is one of my greatest gifts. So if you're looking for a talented poet to come and deliver a message in a poetic way, I'm your guy. So thank you again so much for tuning in to Deep Discussion Live and Learn podcast. This is uh, this has been great, Ramy. Thanks again. And this is Deep Thank Discussion. you so much for having me. Inspiration for a better tomorrow. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 